0: welcome to the chasing passion podcast my name is dom and i'm your host each week i bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin this week we're joined by the world renowned artist fred curtis fred is a crystal glass cutter who has learned his craft at the world famous water for crystal with a career that spans over 45 years The list of celebrities and personalities that can place Fred's work on their mantelpiece is wide-ranging and very impressive. Barack Obama, Mother Teresa, Queen Elizabeth, Muhammad Ali, Clint Eastwood, Jimmy Carter are just a few of these people. When he was a teenager he stumbled upon glass cutting by chance, he fell in love with the whole process and the rest is history. He started off by messing around by creating little animals and flowers from solid pieces of work. This was just in between his jobs. And when his colleagues found out what he could actually do, they started to ask for pieces themselves. His expertise and skill grew as the years went on. And he cre- created a remarkable piece of work such as the shamrock Bowl, that was actually presented by Barack Obama. Awards for many occasions such as the inductees of the World, World Golf Hall of Fame. The National Plowing Championships Formula One Trophy. The Tipperary International Peace Award miss america trophy and many others in this episode we talk about his journey as an artist his encounters with major celebrities his plans for the future and the lessons he has learned throughout his career i hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as i enjoyed recording it and without further ado let's jump right in fred thanks so much for coming on the show you're welcome
1: nice and nice to meet you nice to see you
0: <laughs> so i guess the first question i want to ask you is your background who you are what do you do and what are you currently with
1: My name is fred curtis uh, i'm a designer and sculptor
2: of crystal and
1: uh, i originally my background would be i, well, I was born on a farm okay, here in wexford that was mm-hmm. from the early ages until i was about 14 i lived there and at 15 i got a job at waterford crystal uh which is in county waterford As you know, you know where Waterford is. Yeah. But um, And Waterford Crystal, I started in 1971 at the age of 15. uh, And started, well, I took a summer job. Mm. (laughs)
3: Because
1: I was in college at the time. And uh, they offered me an apprenticeship, which I didn't exactly realize I was on, uh, an apprenticeship. But I just took a summer job. As far as I was concerned, I was going back to college Mm. in September. And anyway, I took the job and... It was cutting glass, which I had no idea what they were talking about. I thought it was <laughs> cutting glass for to put into windows or something. Yeah, but it was cutting crystal. So I wa- I remember walking into the security guy on the gate in in uh, Johnstown at that time, the Waterford factory, and asked him for a job. I thought, "Was there any jobs going?" And he said, "Well, I can't give you a job, but they're doing some sort of tests across there in in in, in the factory." He said, "Go over there, you're in that and see what they say to you." So I went over and this guy met me and he said, um uh, what asked me my name, I said Fred Curtis. He said, You're not on my list. Uh are you sure you're here the right day? And I said, Uh well I know the guy on the gate sent me over here.
3: Mm.
1: And he said, Well where did you come from? I said, Wexford. Well he said if you came that far you might as well come in and do it. <laughs> you know he thought I had already applied for cutting, so Yeah. But I didn't know what it was. So he gave me put me up on a wheel and gave me some broken glasses and just to practice on, yeah, for about four or five hours, and then there was a test, we had to cut a star on the bottom of three tumblers, mm. it's kind of a star design, and uh, that was the test at the end of the day, and uh, that was on a Tuesday, I think the following Thursday, I was called back for an interview, mm-hmm. and then for a medical test on the Friday, and I started the following Tuesday, wow. my apprenticeship, which I didn't know I was on, but... Right, that, that was the start of my uh, career with you know, Crystal, if you like.
2: And was that your first ever job? Did you ever do any jobs besides that? I had
1: worked in a hotel okay. the year before, just kitchen, mm. cleaning the pots and the pans and stuff, you know, just for the summer, just to make some money for the summer job. Mm. That was the only other job I ever had before that. Uh, and then I remember in September, I was going back to college and then they said to me, but you're on an apprenticeship, you know, you've just started an apprenticeship. Yeah. And uh, I, I um, said, you know, but I'm going. I, I didn't realize I was you know, that it was an apprenticeship. I was going back to college. And he said, Well they gave me. He said, well, we'll do. We'll give you two weeks to make up your mind. Your job will be held for two weeks. If you want to stay on the job or if not, go back to college. Mm. So, give me two weeks. So I had to decide with my parents and. My mom said to do whatever I wanted. My dad wanted me to go back to college. Yeah. (laughs) I uh, eventually ended up staying. Uh, I liked it. I I, I kind of always liked doing it. I kind of Mm. fell into it by total
3: accident, actually.
2: Mm. Well, that's good. It it was a good coincidence. And did you, like, were you always interested in design? Like, art? Like, what kind of things were you interested in as a kid?
1: Yeah, I probably was. I always kind of drawing and 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 even sculpting. I remember even sometimes we used to, myself and my brother actually used to do it when the cows would be out in the field, they'd be yeah. gathering around the gates and be kind of this thick muck. In the mm. summertime, it would be really, it would be like terracotta clay. Like <laughs> now you have, we used to make up little animals and stuff out of that. So we probably all, I probably always had, you know, never thought anything about it, but. In hindsight, I yeah, I probably always did do. I was interested in art and stuff.
2: Yeah, and you said you kind of happened to like um come across like sculpting and stuff uh, by chance. But did you ever have a dream like of you know doing whatever you wanted to do when you were younger, like maybe become an astronaut or whatever like that, or did you st- stumble stumble upon this? You uh,
1: know, not really. No. I, Probably it was too young that time, really to yeah. didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I I wanted to be a pilot one time. That, that, I, me- I remember thinking that in school because Air Lingus had come to the school mm. just looking for apprentices and stuff at the time, and, and that was in my mind a little bit. That was about the only thing that really kind of had interested in me at that time. Yeah, uh, and the, uh, but I uh, yeah, I, I probably always was leaning more towards an art career i'd say yeah. unbeknownst to myself <laughs> yeah you
2: know i used to do the art and stuff and that was uh, that was a kind of a thing i like doing so mm. and i think that's amazing that you literally reached the highest level you can in in your craft like you're the world's best sculptor, i would argue mm. and i think that's amazing because you're like you're, you're the best in the world for what you do you're giving me a quite an
1: <laughs> idea but uh, well i don't know if i am or not but i i, I probably do it differently than other people maybe I probably developed my own way of doing it because it was really self-taught because mm. in the factory when I started. Well, I started as a cutter, so probably getting the cutting skill mm. uh, once I was able to use the tools. And I used to be doing the cutting, which what the cutting was entailed was just the surface design on on bowls and vases and glasses, you know, drinking glasses. Right, yeah. So they do a design on the outside and that's what we were doing. And I used to always have the wheels, but I'd have little bits of glass that would break, you know. It's obviously you would get breaks. It's the nature of the, of the of the of the, the trade. Mm. And I get little bits of solid glass, and, and I'd make up little birds and animals out of those. Just slicing them on the, <laughs> maybe in my spare time, like on the breaks or whatever. Yeah. And <clears throat> of course, my mates and friends in the factory would see me doing this. I'd be doing one maybe for my mother's birthday or Mother's Day or whatever. Mm. To make a little butterfly or something, a brooch or uh, some little thing. Mm. And uh, they would see me doing that. And then uh, they used to ask me to make stuff for them. And we worked a piece rate system, which meant we get paid for whatever we done. Produce, yeah. yeah. You didn't produce it. You didn't Mm. get paid. So they would do my production while I made their little ornament or brooch or whatever it was for their mums. Mm. So I I had the best of what was. I was able to do my little knickknacks and they would would make my wages for me. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. That's how I really started doing the sculpting. Yeah. You know, there was no sculpting at the time because that time it was just balls, phases. You know, there was no really, no solid items in water So when I started, then I got caught, of course, by the foreman several times. Uh, uh, He was from Germany and and he used to warn me not to be doing it because he he used to say these pieces were one-of-a-kind Pieces, you know, Mm. they were worth so much money and stuff. And he warned me not to be doing it, and then eventually reported me to HR. And I actually got fired for it. And then Mr. Havel, which was um, he was the senior designer at the time, he was from the Czech Republic. At that time, it were all Watford was. They were there from the when Watford started back up in 1950 after the war. And Mr. Havel saw the pieces that I had made that he had taken off me, that the other guy had taken off me. And he said, well, you know, we can put some of these pieces into production, you know. So he called me out and done an interview with him. And I thought I was going to be arrested or something because they were asking me to bring in the pieces that I had at home, <laughs> which were on the quite. Yeah. And uh, so I had visions of my house being raided by the cops or something. You know, at yeah. that time, you know being a young guy at the time. Didn't realize, but anyway, I brought them in, and and everything was fine. He 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 took me on in the sculpting, uh, just instead of So here I went from in, within two weeks of being fired to being to getting a new job in a new department and setting up a whole new department of sculpting. Mm. So, that was I 1987, I think, or '86.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And what I was I gonna say? <clears throat> like the whole sculpting and designing process is very interesting. So what does that look like? I I, I assume like when you're when you when you're doing a sculpture is like there's two kind of aspects to it. You have to design it and then sculpt it. But how does the whole process work? Like yeah, from like the initial crystal, the raw material to the finished product. Like what's the whole process?
1: Yeah, right now, So if a customer comes to me, somebody comes to me and they want, they could, it could be anything. I mean, hmm. There's so many different 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 things that come in and they say, can you do say. I don't know, say a trophy for, for some things truth. Like I mm. do an awful lot, but that's mainly what I do now, is the trophies and presentation piece. Or it could be a golfing thing. But what I do, if it's for some persons, what I what I need to know, I try to get as much information as I can on the person, both mm-hmm. personally and professionally, you know, just to try and tie everything into, if it's a presentation piece, personally for them. Hmm. But if it's then, if it's for a sporting event, obviously you're going to have to tie in. If it's golfing, you're going to have to put some sort of a golfing theme to yeah, the trophy. Of course, yeah. So it's, just, then that's how you're, you're designing up from that. So it can be whatever comes into your mind. Then I just draw. I usually do a several, maybe small sketches, quick sketches, but then I look at them and maybe in, incorporate two of them into the finished piece, hmm. do a finished drawing and then show it to them. Hmm. And then they'll, they 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 later say, well, you know, they might there might be some slight change, or they might want to add something to it. Maybe we could do when you're discussing with them, because usually you get so much information of them first, and then when you start discussing the piece, when they look at it, you get to start putting in other information that they hadn't thought about, you know, before. Yeah. So you can add little bits and pieces to it. But normally, nearly always, it's the go with the trophy that I I I, I have hmm. or I have on the drawing. And that's, that's the start of it. And then I have to go, of course, make the shape.
3: That's mm. the
1: first part. So that's the blowing part of the glass. That's where you get it blowing. But the crystal is, is made up of uh, silica sand, potash, and lead, uh, litash. It's kind of lead, um, uh, I can't even think of the word right now off the head. Lead oxide. Mm. So, right. So you have the three elements and then you, it's melted in the furnace at 3600 degrees, mm-hmm. which is pretty hot, as you know, yeah. so it's almost like lava. And then it, you, you leave it for, it's over a 36 hour period, the mixture. And then it's the, after that, then the blower can gather from the thing because it's kind of molten and it's molten glass. Mm. And he gathered on an iron, on the, there's a special iron and he's gathered on the end of the iron in a hollow tube. And then he'll blow a ball on the end of that. Blow, just once he blows into that, it will blow into a ball. And on that ball then, depends on how big he is going to make the piece, how much glass he gathers on that ball. Yeah, he'll already have the ball. And then he'll gather more glass on the end of that and keep gathering until he, practically some of the pieces, to it becomes a limit of weight where he can lift. Because some of the pieces can be you know very big, very mm. big pieces, and the glass is so heavy. With the lead content, there's a 33% lead content. So that's, you know, you take it, yeah. you know, lead is heavy, very, very, yeah. very, very heavy. So um, it, it, you have to work within the limits of what he's able to lift. If you like. mm. So That's the first part of it. So once we've decided the shape and everything else, the, or what I need to for the actual trophy, then it goes from there to a cooling. That has to be cooled very, very, very slowly because it's annealing. We call it annealing. And if you cool it too quickly, the the pieces will just break up. You know, right. Okay. It will crack, and you, you you lose a certain amount, do you? If you blow it ten, you might get two good ones from that. So, um, uh, and maybe cooled over some of the pieces over a week or maybe two weeks. It would take to cool down. The cooling is very important. People don't realize.
2: Two weeks.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. that's a solid. That's for a solid, very you know, big solid piece. Mm. For a normal, say. If you what people would know, maybe a bowl, a salad bowl, mm. would be about maybe overnight, maybe 8 hours, 10 hours mm. of cooling. Because okay. it's hollow, so you don't have <clears throat> a really high temperature in the center. It really right. has to cool on the outside as it does as the center. The temperature mm. has to be brought down. So the outside temperature has to be kept up to what the core center, or the core temperature is, and then slowly bring it down. Because otherwise you get all the stresses of you know, it gets too cool on the outside and too hot on the inside. It's just, gone, it's not going. To, it's going yeah. to break.
2: Yeah. So, and then like, so once, once, once it's cool. Like, what kind of tools do you use um, to actually scoped like, a trophy, for example, or a yeah. dragon on a? <clears> glass? That would like... be the next edge Once it comes out, okay. it is cool. Once it's cool enough,
1: when we take it out of the kiln and examine it, of course, make sure it's everything is right. There's no cracks somewhere. That, she so you got a very, very small crack somewhere, and the minute you tip it off the wheel, that crack is going to run. Oh, true. Right no. Okay. so you, and if you can spot that before you start, then you can cut that out very slowly, very gently, and stop the crack and stop it running. But anyway, but most of it once once the piece is cooled, then it's on wheels. It's really on on different wheels. It, it can be on like we have carbondum, which is a it's The old, the really old way of doing it both now and sandstone. And then the newer way would be diamond. That would be the final diamond would be would be the better because you don't get the vibrations off the diamond like you do off the stone stone is, is, is really you have sandstone, it's really sandstone but when you put it to the glass there's a lot of vibration So, but I would know by the sound if it's going to break or not so you, you go easier but yeah. with the diamond that doesn't happen you can go really without worrying about the vibration cracking because the mm. diamond cuts into the glass much better Interesting. But that's not so But the diamond really uh, made it made it you know, made it a lot safer, a lot easier once that was introduced. That was probably back in we probably introduced it back in the early eighties. That was in when it started here in Ireland. I mean But uh <clears throat> so I then I make up all sorts of tools. I have to make up ones because a certain areas. Oh, really? I try okay. to make something new. Yeah. That hasn't been done before, there's no tool out there to say, Well, well this is what you use for a finger or this is what you use for a you know for a, for whatever you're doing a golf ball or whatever it is and you make up tools just to do that particular to be a one-off piece you'd be doing so you, you, yeah it's quite simple it could be made up from from belts different grinding belts grinding paste you know pieces of metal pieces of wood goes back to almost prehistoric times i said <laughs> you see a lot of those pieces that were made back in the Stone Age. Mm. So how, in the name of God, did it, they didn't have a wheel, that, you know, mm. but they were able to somehow grind these designs and stuff onto rocks. Mm. I mean, they really still don't know how they done it, but mm. some of it's it pretty pretty perfect. Yeah.
2: And how long does the whole process take? So from initial like, and the customer told you, I want this product. And then until you hand it over to the customer, like what's the length of time? Like how long does it usually take Again, for a piece? Depends on depends the piece. Depends on the piece, of depends course. On yeah. The piece,
1: yeah. It can be from you know, like they usually have a deadline. They want you know, they want it by somebody wants because it's got to be a presentation or a tour Yeah. And, uh, but then they usually give you a pretty good time, maybe six months to a year out. Mm, you know, okay. So you have quite a long time to work on it. Yeah. And then you, the piece itself it depends on the how much detail perhaps and,
2: one of the your most notable pieces they've worked on like for example you, you've worked with a lot of um, different like people and presentations presentations uh, yeah, so on
1: a lot of them in, yeah you have the book there
2: yeah I mean,
1: averaging from say the one on the cover there that that was the coat of arms that was a long that's probably about six six weeks to two months work hmm. you yeah. Know.
2: I thought it'd be a lot longer than that because it's really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> so much detail of,
1: involved. There's a lot of sculpting on it. Yeah, and yeah. It's something I wouldn't work on all the time. That would be a piece I would have been doing. I, I I would do it like every every so often. You know, like mm. I, I might work on it for a day and then leave it for two days and work on it again. So it went on over about a year before I actually finished that piece mm. because it wasn't really for a, a set date just the piece I was working on. A lot of the other pieces would be a date doing them. So, you know, they, they vary from, from. Uh, I mean, you could spend years doing the piece
2: if you wanted to, I guess, you know, but
1: yeah. there, there's, a, there's so many different ways.
2: And you've obviously created pieces for, like, very interesting places and people. Like, for example, one of them has been presented the Crystal Bowl uh, to Barack Obama. Well, just, that was for the St. Amazing. Patrick's
1: Day, yeah. The the, the the ball, you know, the, the Irish uh, government gives the Irish president or the American president the ball of mm. shamrock mm. on St. Patrick's Day. And you made that? So I made the ball, yeah, yeah. So this and ball, it's done with kind of, and that was the design again. It's, it's just in the design, it's two American flags, it's like a ball ball, but mm. there's really four American flags going out and the shamrock kind of in between to represent the Irish American mm. kind of thing. It's just a, it's a piece that that they uh, commissioned by the government.
2: Hmm. So, and what other pieces have
1: you made? Um, well, I, I've made pieces. from oh God and start. You go through the book, and you can see there. Like, that was for, that, that that was a monstrance, uh, which is in the Catholic Church. People, the Catholic Church, but now it's a display piece for the altar, which was made for St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. Wow! It was Cardinal O'Connor was there at the time, and that that was made, and and so there, it was... And that's Schumacher. Like the Schumacher with the, it's the Hockenheim Trophy, to call it. It's for the Formula One. Yeah. He won it quite a number of times, actually. We've done it for about 10 years. And there he is holding your trophy. He's
2: holding it there, yeah. That's amazing. Just to give some context to the listeners, um, Brad gave me a book. And the book contains all the kind of sculptures he made in the past. And I'm just flicking through the book, and you just kind of give him comments on what the pictures mean, just so, to show, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Show to just show, and like, like he's made,
1: yeah, like this is that was one for Queen Elizabeth, yeah, it was a brooch, uh, an orchid brooch, and she wore it. She's wore it a number of times. That was back in 2015, I think, fourteen or fifteen. Wow. Uh, and I, I, and then I got invited over to meet her in the palace in Buckingham Palace. So, yeah, so oh. I went and had a private meeting with her in Buckingham Palace, which was. Pretty, pretty nice. Yeah.
2: How was that for an experience?
1: Like, um, what did you talk I, about? Or <laughs> she was, she was lovely. She was just, just really, really nice, really, really pleasant, and very, very nice. Um, I was there about ten minutes with her. I was there ten minutes with her, and about ten minutes with the corgis. <laughs> the corgis started playing with me, so I started playing with them. And I was there. She left. <laughs> the corgis were still there. <laughs> so it was a, oh, it was not, it was surreal, kind of. You know, you don't. I don't know what you expect going in, but she was just so ordinary in one way. But you know, yeah, talking about her kids and about her trip to Ireland, (laughs) just a normal chat. Yeah,
2: that's incredible. Wow. I mean, you can you can you can say met the Queen. Yeah, I met the Queen. Been to London
1: and met the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that was Jimmy Carter when he came to. uh, Oh wow. Visit to Ireland one time, and he was came into the factory. I was showing him around, just uh, how we how we done the sculpting at the time.
3: Mm. And now, um, oh, what Mother Teresa? Teresa,
1: yeah. I know, it I was a cross, a Celtic cross. She she got the freedom of the city of Dublin, mm-hmm. and the, the the Dublin Corporation uh, commissioned the piece for her when she was getting her received. So I met her up there, so in Dublin. So that's hard, just receiving the piece. Wow,
2: like all these pieces, like and wow, this is amazing as well. This that's is uh,
1: the Tipperary Peace Award. that was, and that was the one there is from Ban Ki Moon. He was mm. the head of the United Nations so the, or the director or the Secretary General. Is that what they call him mm. of the United Nations? So that, but I've done them quite a few. I've done. Hmm. got I've done about ten of those now. Each year, like there were different ones. There was John oh, Kerry. And oh, okay. Quite a few different people. Like girl from Pakistan that got shot. What was her name? Uh, oh, Malala something. She, she, yeah, she got one. Uh, she got one. Yeah, there's quite a number of them. There's uh,
2: about uh, every 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 year. Hmm. And in this photo, what what did you in this photo? I um, think that's
1: three years ago. Three years what? ago. Wow, okay. Years ago. Oh, yeah,
2: 2015, says it there. 2015, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And this and that was a Christian Eastwood gun, actually. It was from the Dirty Harry movies, so
2: there was uh, quite a lot of them. And, like, how long would this revolver t- take to make? Like, how long did it take to make this piece? I think it was about
1: three weeks, three weeks to a
2: month. And, like, what, how long did you spend working on it yeah. every day? That's
1: from a block now. That's from a solid block. Oh, is it? Okay. That's yeah, from the solid block. Um, is, uh, that's, a, that's a it's, it's a, I'd say it was about ninety six ninety seven
2: around that time. Wow. Uh, this is the Eurovision
1: Song contest. contest. I done that one year. That's the year Riverdance started. Remember the Riverdance show? Yeah, that was the same year. And Ireland won it actually the same year. Oh it's, really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and you wow so <coughs> yeah. And have you made um, more um scopes for the Eurovision content uh, contest since then or? No, no, that was the only one i done, yeah. And that's amazing because Ireland won it that year as well. Yeah, so. they won it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. Wow. And this is. Well, Ireland was hosting it that year as well, you see. Yeah. And this is Miss, Miss America. Miss America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to do her, that was the scepter. She used to carry a scepter when she was sent the crown. So the crown was for, um, for one of the directors.
2: And they yeah, were looking at. That was Jack Charlton, and he was
1: the manager of the Irish soccer team. Oh. Like he got to by in the city of Dublin as well. So that was uh, presented to him. That was uh, that's a long time ago. That's a long, That's about.
3: Ooh,
2: i think it was about Two, two thousand.
3: Yes, yeah, I'd say or that. Mm. Yeah.
2: That's an amazing piece. It's so so big as well. <laughs> yeah, it's the full size soccer ball actually. Yeah. Oh, is it? L- yeah. literally full yeah. size. Wow. Then
1: there's portraits mm. and Then there's a lot of different pieces. that are just uh, yeah all. Different types of and this is you, I met him in New York in 2000. That was the ball in New York. We used to do the ball, the Waterford on the ball. We mm. dropped the ball in Times Square for New Year's. And I was doing the TV coverage for him. And uh, I met Mohammed. He was the one that was pressing to bring it down at 12 o'clock. He was pressing the button. So. Oh, yeah, okay. So I was there with him doing that. Too. What did you
2: chat about? Uh, that was neat, to- yeah. What did, did you see. talk about? Um, he wanted to box me, but I didn't, oh, did he? I, I didn't take him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Of course he did. Um, but yeah, this is truly amazing. Like, it's re- literally mind-blowing. I'm just flicking through this book and I'm blown away by the stuff you've created. And Wow. Yeah, it's truly, truly amazing. And I'm going to include all these um, pictures, if I, if I have permission, just some of them. Sure, yeah. Show notes. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to show and to provide some context. And, like, what is your favorite? Obviously, you enjoy your job a lot and like what you do. What would you say is the most favorite part about what you do? Like, what do you enjoy the most about your work? I think coming
1: up with the concepts. If I can, once I, the biggest thing is you're going to be working on something and you're going and you're just not happy with it. Yeah. And maybe you're going three or four days and then all of a sudden there's the spark. Yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah that's it, you know. And then you you just go with it then. And then just to get to go with it then to make it. Hmm. You know, you once you it's difficult if you're you're kind of you're you know because you're tied to time a lot of the time and if 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 you if I don't get that you know that piece that I want to do. If I know exactly wh- what I'm going to do from start to finish. Now I can change during that. I mean, little things might change. You say, Oh that that might look better this way or that way or whatever Depends on the on, on what you're doing. But I think it's just that initial logic that's exactly what I want, you know. That thing And then you kinda of flow state and then away you go. Yeah, then you go. That just gives you that open the gates and off you go, you know, Yeah, know. And what
2: kinda of helps you um open the gates I guess and what helps you get into the flow state, like get these ideas? Does it happen like in the shower for some people? Yeah, you know, and so on. What's like, be happens for you? It
1: can be the anything. It can be anything. It could be walking. it could be just about to go to sleep at night and something just hit me, and I I often start up a better, that that's it. You know, and yeah, you just, just, I, for some reason, I don't know, you can't say any set moment. It's just, it just happens, yeah. It just happens. It could be talking to somebody, somebody mentioned something, somebody said something,
2: you know, all sorts of stuff. Mm. Yeah. You can't be the same. Yeah. Much. Absolutely. And there's obviously parts of the job that you don't necessarily enjoy. I feel like that's the case in every single career. Like, for example, if you're the, if you're an accountant, it might be the paperwork or whatever. But I'm curious to know what, what that is for you. Like, is there any aspects of the job that are just kind of dull or annoying to do? Polishing. Polishing.
1: <laughs> Polishing is such <laughs> boring because <laughs> it takes so long, you know, because you're going from a really rough surface and then you've got five, maybe six, seven processes mm. to get it back up to clear again that, that that's that's probably be the real it's the part i hate i don't, I don't Not that i hate it but I,
2: it's just boring and tedious it's just boring. it just takes so long
1: yeah yeah i like to get i mean i get lose. i i'm i want to get to the finish mm. product but you have to go through the process you know that kind of everybody wants to get to the end and mm. see the piece but and then you have everything is done the shaping is done everything is ready all you're doing is clearing the surface so it just takes so long to get it back up again, to, to back to last back to, you know, sparkling crystal, is you mm. like.
2: So how long does the whole polishing process take? Like, how long does it take, like, for well, a piece? depends on what it is,
1: because yeah, you can go from a very rough, rough, rough wheel, then you're mm. coming down to a, a smoother, you know, could be maybe five or different stages that you've got to go over the whole surface with different textures to get it down. You can't go from very rough to very smooth, because it'll take forever. You know, mm-hmm. and your arms would be able for it anyway. You just wouldn't be able to hold it on the wheel. Mm. But uh, yeah, to get it down to, and then the very final polish of D V, because it's a, it's dipped in an acid bath, and the acid bath just gives it that final. Um, it's so you know it just takes that little bit off the surface, and that's that's what really gives it that real sparkle. But it, it's a it's a long process, yeah. It's a long, yeah. boring process. <laughs> but has to be
2: done. Has to be done. Has <laughs> to be, be done. done. Yeah. And what does your actual day to day look like when you're in full mode of creating sculptures?
1: Uh, if I'm so, well, once I have the drawing and everything done, then it's all oh, the system's go, Really, you just I just go you know I start off with the with the piece. And I might be working on different parts because some of the pieces will be made up of different sections. Mm. Would it be all one piece. It depends on how big it is, because you can only go so big. And then you got to add in, you know, make it like the coat of arms. That coat of arms is not all one. It does a base and then tree. You have the the lion on one side, the the kind of mythical seahorse thing on the other side, and then the, mm. the crest in the middle. There, there are four different sections, mm. and then they're how they're held together now is so that they're on a little metal pin, so they sit in there. You can lift them off. The, the the actual line can oh, be oh, so you lifted. can
2: actually lift these pieces off.
1: The pieces can be lifted off the base. Oh, okay. You know, they just fit in there with little uh, stainless steel pins. Mm. And that's how they're held on. But uh, it's for that piece is it's about three foot high. You know, three so, foot high. Oh So wow. it's really it'd be really heavy. You there's no way you could do it in one piece. Mm. You, know, it just you just wouldn't Chris couldn't do it.
2: And again, okay. just to provide some context, we're just looking at the picture of the coat of arms. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And it's just a, it's a piece where there's like a lion and a dragon facing the main side of, um, of the crest. I guess. Yeah, yeah. The crest is on the center. You know, it's like yeah. the traditional coat of arms. Yeah. So we're just describing that. No, it's, it's truly amazing. And the detail and the, and you said that. Okay, two weeks to do. All right. Oh, two but,
1: weeks. no, about um, about six weeks I'd say. Oh, six, six weeks.
2: Yeah. And, like, when, when it took you six weeks, like, how much time did you spend each day working on it? That one, that's the,
1: that's the, that's the problem as well. People ask me, I mean, when we're in the factory, it used to be an eight-hour day. But when when we're working on pieces like that, you could go to 12-hour days or 16-hour days. Because if you, if it starts to go well for you, you keep yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and just the day goes by, you know, you don't feel it. So Probably in reality, you're probably talking two months or maybe three months to do that. You know, if you do, if you pull it down to an eight-hour day, mm. you know, but when you're working on things like that, you don't do that. You just <laughs> some days you probably even go too much. You yeah. get too much. Or you really, but you don't want to stop. You know? Of course, yeah, because you
2: see it's progress.
1: You see like oh, all that yeah, 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 and you're seeing it. Yeah, I'll just yeah. do that. I get that done today now because <laughs> I'm in the mood or whatever. You know. Yeah, and then you. So, but that's every day. <laughs>
2: So, And do you have a, like, you, you've obviously worked with Waterford Crystal for a long time, and then you decided to kind of branch off and do your own thing. Yeah, I worked with Waterford from 1971 until 2005. Mm. And then I, I went on my own
1: then, 2005. So I've been on my own since then.
2: And when you're working on your own, do you have a team behind you, or is it purely just yourself creating, designing, doing everything? Yeah, it's, I, so it depends on, on the volume of pieces. Sometimes I have lads that
1: come in and do cutting and stuff for me. Mm. But mainly it's on my own, yeah. Because mainly what I'm doing now is just the trophies. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I do I uh, do smaller pieces like wedding gifts and stuff for local people. I just do it for local people ask me to do it. And, uh, and that's all, that's the smaller pieces I do. But mainly it's the trophies and stuff, which I can't get anybody else to do anyway, because if I'm doing a design, it's very hard to tell somebody else
2: how, how to do it, yeah. The
1: way you want a lion's head or, uh, <laughs> you know, you you find the lion standing up or sitting down and they have the, they, have, they would have their own idea of what a lion looks like. Yeah. And then you go in and you say, oh, my God, that's not a lion. That's more like a bloody cat or a fox or something, you know. But anyway, it's really something you have to do yourself, you know. There's no way of kind of. Well, if you have somebody working with you and you want to, be, to do a line, I what I would say is like just do your line, <laughs> not mine. Don't think of what I want. You just do your own thing, you know. Mm. And if that works out, then that's perfect, you know. But Yeah. You know, you can't. You really have to do it yourself.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. sense. And I'm curious as well, um, yeah. like obviously you've created a lot of pieces. Has there ever been a point in time that you just completely cracked and you had to do it all over again? Or maybe you be presented it to someone and you just completely cracked yeah, and it yeah, just yeah. fell. Yeah,
1: it has happened. It has um, happened Very, not very often, only a couple of times, but when it does, it's,
2: it's shock.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's heartbreaking. It's bad. it's bad. You don't want to be, you don't want to be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, yeah, it did happen me a couple of times. Just about, especially when you're almost, you know, you're just coming to the finish. Yeah. And maybe. Oh
3: no. And then it just I usually apart.
1: do. And it's usually, each time I have me, it was something really stupid. Mm. You know, like, just, I see something and I say, well, I give that one little more touch. And then you turn around and you hop it off of something on the bench. Mm. You know, something maybe you've left out a, a wheel on the side or something. And, and you just hop it off of that, which is really stupid. And then, but you know, you're almost afraid to look at it because you know it's broken. you know, You know, it's gone. But then,
2: and then you just have to start the whole process put, again, put it down walk <laughs> away, walk out, get out yeah, oh sad, sad, not not a good feeling, but like i mean you've, you've been in the business for nearly fifty years or fifty years, and it only happened a couple of times, which is a good sign. <laughs> you just have to
1: be really, really careful, with, yeah, you know, because some of, you know it's so easy like on on a when you're working with a hat 'cause when you're working with wheels, you have a spindle coming out. There's a spindle there, so if you're if I'm moving a thing around the wheel, mm. no matter what way I if I turn it too far to one side, I'm going to hit the spindle, and that's going to break it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just have to be you're really caught with with, with with what you the space that you're working in. You know, you have to watch over here and over here and and plus the space that you're working on because you don't want this to go over and tip something, or this to hop off of something because it's last If it tips, it's going to break. You know? Yeah. Or you might have maybe, say you're doing a, a bird, an eagle or something, and you have a beak, you know, and, and then you're working on the, on the wing maybe, and the beak is over here, but you're walking on the wing, moving it up and and then it hits something, and the beak can pop off. This is just a small piece of, very small piece of left, but it's not an eagle without a beak. <laughs> you know, so there's very little you can do. Now, sometimes if you do it early enough in the sculpture, and you just start to roughly shape it up, and the beak, or the beak, say you break the beak off, you can maybe turn the head differently. You no, know, change the head, and then you got the beak back. You know, but, but you haven't got the original concept, you know, the way the head was turned or whatever. But, I you, you mean, it, it works. Mm. You can get it. If you're lucky enough that you have still fast somewhere, you can use, you know. Because so if you take it away, you can't put it back. Once you've taken the glass away, it can't be put back. In the hot stages, yes. If you are working with hot glass, some people do sculpting with hot glass. Mm. So when they are working, they're working with the hot. So they can get a piece of glass from the forest and add it back on. Like you can't do that in the cold. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can't put it back. You know, mm. no way. So that's another problem with it. Yeah, yeah, another. It's like a handcuff, a little bit, you know. But I can't. Kind of, it's 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 just the nature of the of the thing. Like you take the... Even when we go back to the the crest again, yeah. so they take the tail on the line. Mm. I mean if you tip that off anything while you're working on the head or something, mm. that's going to pop off should just, just break off you know?
3: right it's and it if it
1: flat, so you just have to be really careful and then you have vibration as well, you know you, with the wheels, you have a certain vibration, so if you are you start pressing too hard somewhere on something really delicate and you have a solid body the vibration comes through to the pint, and uh, it can just snap off. You know?
3: hmm. And
1: how
2: does the whole wheel work? So, like, how does the whole process, the, like, the wheel, you keep mentioning the wheel, mm-hmm. is that just um, a a thing to produce? Like, I have no idea what, what
1: the wheel is. Well, yeah, I should have brought you some photographs or something of that, actually. The wheel is just on
2: a spindle. It's right, like okay. A,
1: it's just like a cutting wheel.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: would you say, like, a, like a saw blade oh right okay yeah. and you
2: use that to sculpt the whatever yeah, you're creating and I'm
1: moving the glass around that sculpt. oh interesting Okay, you know, the wheel is just spinning and I'm moving I'm moving the glass and sculpting rather than like where say stone sculpting is a hammer and chisel hmm I'm I have the wheel right I'm moving okay the, I'm moving the actual piece to the wheel rather than me going around the piece you know like where the sand sculpting you'd have maybe or a stone sculpt you'd have a block of stone and you you can walk around it and sculpt here sculpt there but with the glass i have to bring the glass to the wheel and move the actual sculpture mm. to, to shape it mm. so that's a it's, a it's a bit more of a problem as well now there's certain hand tools i use as well that i can move around and then and, and do it that way some pieces you have to do that there's no other way i make up little tools to get into different areas like to get in under the the tail in in the back of the tail and that stuff you have to do in very little tiny little wheels and stuff to get in there to shape out the shapes
3: hmm.
1: or to put the design on. So it's it's really um, it's really you, you have to invent stuff sometimes you know if you want Which to is do it's really it. cool I think. Yeah. But you'll do it in your head. I think when you're drawing it, yeah. I say, well, I can't do that. How can I? How can I do that? You know, if I draw it in, I draw it in. It looks really great. And I say. But you no, know, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. And I don't have a tool to do that. Hmm. But then that goes on your mind. It goes to the back of your mind. But you go ahead with it anyway. And you say, I'm going to, I'll I'll. I'll take it something. You know. Because it looks really good or something. Or it really works. It might be the only way you can do it. And eventually you come up with something. It might be very, very crude. And you mightn't, you know, wouldn't be really safe. Maybe sometimes. <laughs> Mm. because you'd be using little tools to get into places because they could break it, you know, it could smash it. But normally it works. You figure a way of doing it, you know. But uh, what did they say? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. So I think that's that's probably true with that as well.
2: Yeah, because for some reason in my head, um, I had like a, this idea that you create these sculptures from, like just chisel. You're just chiseling away on a big block of yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, that was the impression that I had in my head. But <clears throat> this is, yeah. Well, when you mentioned sculpture,
1: that's the first thing people. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's why it's so different. Doing sculpting from the cold glass is, is is unusual. There's not that many people doing it. To do it from the hot, yeah, everybody does it from the hot because the, the glass is already moldy in shape it. And much easier as well. So. Yeah, and you can add bits on, you can put wings on the bird, or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, it's all yeah. done. Or, it, or it's done as molded, it's it's press molded, you know, into a mold. Hmm. But when you go so big as like these things, you can't do that. I mean, how would you make a mold for that? Yeah, you just can't. <laughs> uh, the mold would be, uh, so it's, uh, the mold would cost an absolute fortune because it would be just so complicated. Yeah. You would have had so many openings and stuff. You couldn't. It would be practically impossible to do it, and economically, it would be much cheaper to do it from by hand. You know, mm. which is when you say it the other way, you talk about people making bowls and vases. It's it's much cheaper to do it by mold than do it by hand. Yeah, because mass produced. Yeah, because you can mass produce it. Yeah, it's exactly. It's easy to do in two-part mold. Out in out. Yeah, you know, yeah It's yeah. just so easy. Yeah, but with the with the handmade it makes it so much, much more difficult. Mm. And of course, then it becomes a one-off piece because people are not going to repeat it. It's just not going to be possible,
3: you know. Mm.
1: You can't repeat it, you know. That's probably what makes them more valuable as well than in years to come or whatever. Probably after, when we are long, long gone. (laughs) They always say, artists never gets rich until he's dead.
2: (laughs) And do you have any pieces that are your favorite, perhaps? Like, do you have any, any a favorite piece I've ever created? <sighs> Does any come to mind? I suppose it's
1: kind of... There's a lot of them. I mean, I like... The, I, I, a lot of them I really like. Because, you know, when you, when you bring them from scratch, from nothing to...
2: Something, to yeah. That, people, <laughs> yeah. Right,
1: ...that is being presented to the Queen or something. Yeah. The, you know, that is something, no matter what it is. it's. Uh, I think the Mother Teresa one was one of the one of the really ones I, I was not not really the piece, it's more the person that was getting it. I just had a yeah. real awe for her. I just thought, you know, there was something about her. She's tiny, actually, when I met her, she nearly broke my hand shaking it. I thought she was I'm being real gentle and cheap. <laughs> she caught me a really tough handshake, you know. God bless your hands, she said. I she was really, really nice. Tiny. Tiny woman. Wow. But she was um that was probably one of the pieces that I would really, and the, obviously the brooch for the Queen from who it is, the bowl for Obama, you know, they're all they're all, they're all, special, you know, they're all all, all, for she you take them from start to finish all the way through yourself, so I know there's marketing people behind it getting it, getting it presented and all that stuff, but it's just that the, the piece is so
2: nice be it's nice to do a piece like that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like just, yeah, I mean, just knowing the fact that you know, you gave this piece to Mother Teresa that yeah. the Queen wears your your work. I mean, yeah. it's it's amazing, and then, then to
1: get then to get to meet these people because they're right, yeah you know, the right kind of thing. I know well, once you do, then you say, well, what, what was I what did I think she was? You know, you're kind of going in thinking, oh my God, it's the mean? not superwoman. She's she's just a woman, just hmm.
2: you know. a human being. You know. And speaking of meeting it's special. people, yeah. Speaking of meeting people, um, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, let's just say for an hour, alive or dead, and um, who would that person be for you? If I could have dinner with one person,
3: my God!
1: Alive now today, of course. Yeah. It, can be, it can be dead as well. Oh, that's a that is a tough one. Yeah, to think of. Yeah, I'd have to really.
2: Yeah, I put you in the spot there, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I would say again, Mother Teresa. Or uh, yeah, well, She would want, or the Dalai Lama or somebody, somebody like that. The Lama. So yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really. Uh, that would be a... Be something. I'd want would want a, a party with about fifty people there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good choice. <laughs> a dinner party. <laughs> I'd have to pick fifty <laughs> and that I want to have dinner with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it would be a difficult one. Difficult. Difficult one. I never thought about it. Uh,
2: And do you follow anyone closely? Has anyone inspired you to do what you do? Like, is there anyone at all that you follow very closely and admire their work? Well,
1: with from the last end of it, there was really no one there that I. I thought they just done. what, What I probably done was, I went into that last industry, not really knowing what I was going into, and then when I was. There, i was doing this cutting and people would say to me well uh, you can't do that that can't be done you know if that could be done it would be done already you know that can, people used to say that to me a lot and i'd say then that would really make me go because then I'd have to go on the under the radar to try and do stuff that i thought might't work mm. but i had to try it because to, they told me it couldn't be done i you know but i didn't accept that i i, I just went ahead and and i' do it and uh, sometimes it didn't, but nobody ever knew I tried it, you know, but when it did work then, I would, I said, look, that does work, you can do that, you know, so and that changed, it changed an awful lot, So that's why I started the sculpting really, because they were saying if that it could on. be done, yeah. they would have been doing it long ago, you know, yeah, 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 so but, uh, and then it, when and then this one guy, the head designer he, the, the production guy saw a, a loss of production and the uh, kind of design guy and the marketing guy saw a new product. Mm. You know, so that was the difference. That's the difference, just different way of thinking. People just think differently and then they're put into little boxes kind of and they're trained, I think, to think certain ways. Don't think outside that, you know, just your job is production manager and you just do that. So he fired me for not for loss of production. But the other guy saw a huge potential and it became a huge business like the sculpting because but the start, I used to make the little animals and stuff, but then they'd make them all from the from my piece, and they'd they'd produce thousands of them from that mold. You know, so that became a huge, huge part of their business. Still is probably. And it. And you
2: get a percentage, perhaps, from the profits that they make. No, it's I your wish. it's your piece. <laughs> no,
1: I just work for them. you. Were just a worker. You know, I just got a okay. weekly wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really be, cool. people <laughs> would like to think that people think yeah, well, yeah you get you especially if it's so high profile as well now i get more from it now because i i can i i i, I choose the price that i yeah. charge you know but still people can only pay so much you have to be realistic as well yeah and then if i want to make the piece i sometimes i just make the piece and i don't have a sale for it and then i just try and get a sale first you know but uh, it depends on who who wants it you know it's not a it's not a it's not a, a an easy path to get rich, put it that way.
2: but I think at this stage people like just know the name Fred Curtis. like obviously the world's leading designer in this field, and if mm-hmm. they want to have a certain piece done, they would obviously come to you
1: yeah, it depends a bit i y mean, y you, you're still you're still kind of limited to what people are. People have limited budgets, you know. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, that that's true. You, know, yeah. so you, you, you can't just charge whatever. Yeah, yeah. like maybe in a hundred years' time, they would be auctioned it off for of millions. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Michelangelo when he was painting or doing his sculptures, he didn't realize they were going to be what well, he probably he probably died a poor man, you know. But now his sculptures are priceless. Some of them you can't even buy them. They're so priceless. You know, yeah.
3: that's
2: a very good point.
1: Yeah. You can't take I you mean like the pieta. and, and you, how would you put a price on it?
2: You just can't. Yeah,
1: you can't. It's no, you just could never be repeated.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned you, the other professionals in your area, and the, you know the to to think inside the box or whatever. And um, so, like, what advice do you hear from other professionals that you believe is untrue? So these people may be giving advice to people, but it, it mightn't be necessarily true. In in, in within or bad the industry, advice. within the industry, yeah, bad advice, I guess.
1: Uh. Not a lot, actually. It, again, what I do is so far away from what most glass artists do. Mm. It's very, as I said, there's very few that are doing what I do, especially in crystal. A lot of them would be doing it, doing a certain amount of it in glass. Cold working. Cold working is kind of... Um, it kind of has a bad reputation within the glass industry. Nobody wants to do it because it's a lot of work. Mm. That's why, as I said, about the polishing. And the grinding, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of slow, tedious work before you get to the final product. Hmm. I mean, for me to get a shape, if you take a block, just a solid block at last, and I have to bring that down to a shape of a line, hmm. that's a lot of work. Hmm. And then, then you got to put the design on it, put the eyes, put the nose, put the mouth. You've got to do all the nails, the claws, you know, the hair. Right. It's, you know, that's the more interesting part to do when you're doing the detail. But to get it down to that basic shape is a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of boring work. And that's why, that's why it has a bad reputation. Cold working, nobody wants to really do cold working. You know? mm. And then when I say cold working, I mean, like from the working block, with it. Yeah. From the, yeah, yeah, from the yeah. cold, you know, working on the cold flats. Mm. Working on the hot flats, everybody wants to go because <laughs> it's instant. Yeah. You know, like you, if you take up a, you take up a piece of hot flash you can blow it into any shape you like. And it still looks good. You can add color to make it look really spectacular. So you've got a beautiful sculpture there in a couple of hours. Mm. You know, and then you just cool it. And you know, and then, but then you've got to do some whole working on that from where you've worked it. But nobody wants to do even do that part of it, you know. So it's nice to have everything finished. You don't have any polishing, no, you know, just straight out of the kiln. It's a piece of work finished. Mm. You know? Oh, that's that makes it attractive to a lot of people. The hot end, or the cold end, is kind of the the poor relation, if you like. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's great reward, I guess, in the cold field, but it's much more difficult to do. Much more, much slower, much more work. Okay. Yeah. As well, you know. Interesting. And what has been like? What have, What has been the biggest lesson that you've learned as a result of your career? The biggest lessons. Mm. Lesson, lessons, yeah, whatever comes to mind. Just,
1: uh, when you're doing something, plan it. <laughs> plan it from, from start. Plan it out. Plan, plan, plan. And, uh, measure twice <laughs> or three times. You know, never just take your first measurement. Just study it and, when you're putting all these pieces together, these are all, if, if they're going together, they have to, they have to fit. Mm. So you could spend weeks and weeks on a piece, and then final thing, you're two millimeters off with something, and you can't get it fit.
3: Mm.
1: and that and that can take another three weeks' work to repair that. If you lucky, if you can repair it, mm. but you might not even be able to repair that. So planning, 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 I think, is is huge in any, of course, in any business. That's probably true, anyway. Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. Just yeah, make sure you have a plan.
2: Mm. Okay. Yeah. And if if someone out there wants to get into the trade of um, designing and sculpting and making art, what advice would you give to such an individual?
1: If somebody wants to get into it, yeah, well, probably. Well, you have to really know what you want to do for a start. I mean, you know, I mean, I fell into it by accident. So I, mm. I, 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 I can't really give you an experience of how I didn't go. Mm. And ask anybody to, how how do I get into this? How do I get into glass sculpting? I had no idea because it just all happened organically for me. Everything just was the way it happened. Uh, I'd say now if, for younger people, I suppose, but there's so many courses down now and stuff. That is I true. Mean, yeah, you can just remember I mean, with the internet and everything. Now, I didn't have that when I was young. There was no internet around to go and research. I didn't even, as I said, when the last time the man said to me, they're doing glass cutting tests over there. I thought it was I was going to do a thing with a diamond, or you know this diamond tool for cutting window glass. Cutting glass, you know, that's I had no a clue what it was. i had no idea. But uh and there's no way of researching anything like that. Now you have all you do your research on online and stuff and find out where the where the training courses are and those people look, I mean there's those people doing different things all the time. But eventually I think with the glass, I think with artists. I mean, going to college, obviously, like the School of Art and Design in Dublin, College of Art and Design, I mean, to apply there, but if you want to get into the class. But then you have to have that little bit of something in yourself that, you know, a unique way of going to do something. Mm. Really, every artist, like, they have one, they find one unique thing that they like doing, Mm. and they kind of exploit that Mm. and grow it. And and that's why you kind of recognize a lot of artists, you recognize their work almost. Mm. Because a lot of people said to me, I I saw a bowl at at somebody's house and I thought, it was definitely yours. Because they know the particular style I do or whatever. I'm inclined to do a lot of cutting. A lot of design, which now is kind of not so much in demand. It's more very plain. Kind of very, you know, not designed. Which I don't think will last because it's boring as far as I think, but anyway but uh that's a, a a story for another day i i I won't live to see that part of thing. but uh but people will recognize people's art i think yeah you, you know I know in certain artists I'll be looking at certain different things and I'd be able to pick out most of the time who made them you know so people have a unique niche themselves they'll they'll find it they'll find it hmm. you will find it if if if, if you're into something be, I don't know what porcelain or wood or whatever it is, I if you keep going ahead, you'll find your niche and then, and, then, and then when you find that, that's when you can exploit that and if people like it, then you're going to be a real big success but people have to like it as well to buy it <laughs> uh, that's the thing you, know. you can do all sorts of art and have it beautiful and everything, but if nobody buys it, you can't make a living you know. that's the unfortunate part of that, it. it could be beautiful but if, you, if they can't afford to buy it you know, but there's a commercial side to it as well. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: what can you do? Yeah, what can you um, do? do? you have any favorite artists? Any artists you admire? So Michelangelo, for example, like anyone like that that you really admire their work? And
1: well, Michelangelo is and all those. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the big time. I mean I have books and books on them. I just look. Oh, at really? I just love the way they. You know, but they they went into such detail with, with anatomy and stuff, you know, they they studied every bone, every muscle, every sinew on, on the body you know, before he went to do a piece, and then when he actually done it, I mean, they've done such a fabulous, it's unbelievable, with some of the details, you know, even the veins in the skin, the muscle tone, everything about it, a, and even then in the, in the Roma, like, you know, you get harsh sculptures, right? They they fascinate me, because everybody knows them so differently but still looks like a horse, you know, and we all say a horse is a, well every horse looks the same, but you can make, it. you know, you have the one from the really charging horse or the really dynamic rearing horse with the soldier on his back or something, but then you have the real placid horse, you know, that's running really gracefully, almost like a a cloud kind of thing, but uh, so there's such a difference in, in, in the different um, ways of doing it, and this. I think if you find a way, every artist finds it differently. Like Angelo had done some really dramatic ones. And he had a lot of ones that he never produced. He'd done the drawings, but he never actually got to do them, which happens. I have a lot of
2: drawings that I probably never make. (laughs) Which I'd love to make, but just time runs out. Um, you said you, you drew out a lot of them, um, like, you drew out design and stuff on paper, mm-hmm. but you haven't physically produced that product yet. There would have been more
1: ideas. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, ideas, like, to be doing this, like I do little pencil sketches. Hmm. I might do, if I'm doing, say, a little piece, I might do ten little pencil sketches, and then I look at them and I say, well, I don't like that shape, I like this shape, or, then, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe, then i will do off one maybe a little bit bigger and say, that's kind of nice, you know, like, you know, you, you slowly build it up into what you what you want. And a lot of them, would be there would have been ideas there that I would get on the way, but not for that project. Well, I, I'll use it again, but you never get back to using it again. And Then you come across, it. oh, God, I must do that, you know, because you don't know what's going to work, what it's yeah. going to work out like. It can be really nice, and it might not be work at all. You know? Yeah. But it's time. It's all time. You, know? so you only have so much in the day. Yeah.
2: but that's about the it's the nature of the beast and when you feel overwhelmed you're just unfocused with the amount of work you have to do maybe a project isn't going so well how do you tend to deal with that very badly <laughs>
1: <laughs> most of the time yeah I really get yeah. well you can, you can really get your, I, I, that's another thing I, another thing I would give anyone that's, you know, is don't promise what you can't deliver you know, don't even and I often people say to me, you know, I really need this. I really need it. He, you know, his birthday is on whatever, and we really need it for that day. But they're asking you two weeks before or something, and then you say, well, "Will I do it? Will I do it for?" Hmm. And yet, I just say no, because if you don't think you're going to be able to, because otherwise you're going to be up at three o'clock in the morning, hearing your hair and then if it, anything happens, any little mistake, and you know, that's it, you know, and then. Yeah. You can't deal with people then after that, you know, you're really, you feel you're letting them down, you sort of So, but I I said, don't do it, just make sure you have the
2: time. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's not worth the stress. Yeah. It's
2: just not worth it. And has it happened before that you kind of um, over, <coughs> over-promised and mm-hmm. some you couldn't deliver?
1: Well, sometimes you get maybe a really, weak, I got a couple of big orders in from the States there one time. Right. And uh, I was saying to myself, my God, this is going to be tough, you know. Then I had, I brought in some other lads as well that helped me like with the, with the cutting and polishing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was a, it was a big, big order. And, uh, I almost, um uh, went to the metal. <laughs> it was just so stressful. I would never do it again, you know. I just, it was too much. It was just too much to take on, but it worked. And I mean, to the last day I was shipping it, it was four o'clock in the morning when I got the last boxes packed. And Then I had a courier picking it over here. So I got two hours sleep and I was up packing into the courier. Oh, no plan. way. <laughs> the couriers, but, or or taking it away because I had to be out there the following day. Yeah. So I said never again.
2: That was it. That was my story. My <laughs> <lesson> there, <you laughs> After that, I'll just keep it. Yeah. Keep yeah.
1: It. Too much stress. Too much stress. Now, you don't enjoy it then. It becomes work.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's not, not, not as. Nice. And would you treat like work obviously for you like a hobby? more as opposed like as opposed to yeah like no I think
1: when I, as I get older now I'm definitely it's a hobby you know it's more like a hobby with me and I enjoy it I only do yeah. what I enjoy if, if it's something Which I'm not going amazing. to enjoy I won't, I won't do it you know yeah yeah, but yeah people still think you're, you know they're, you're doing it for the money you know you well he'll, he'll do it he'll do it mm. I'm paying for it you know but it's not when you get older that changes yeah, mm. yeah. you just say well no if I, if I enjoy it I'll do it something I want to do I'll do it yeah Mm. Otherwise, I'd just say
3: no.
2: Mm. And I just have a couple more questions before we finish up. And one of the questions is: Let's just say there's a billboard, uh, a billboard that is displayed just in the sky. So any anyone walking the street can just look up at the sky and see this big giant billboard. What message would you put up on that billboard? It may be a quote that you, um, often remember. It may be anything all. Like, what message would you put up on that billboard so the whole world could see?
3: Good. Uh,
1: The one I saw the other day actually by somebody else. That, does, that,
3: does that work? That that works. <laughs>
1: uh, no amount of evidence
2: will convince an idiot.
3: That is a good one. Mm. <laughs>
2: and yeah, so Fred, before we finish up, is there anything at all that you like to mention? Anything at all that like to promote perhaps? Anything at all that like to say?
1: No no, no that, that that's um, enjoyed the interview with you. Um
2: great, I hope it helps somebody
1: along the way, somebody's starting off. I mean it's a tough business. To to be walking on your own is tough. It's not easy. But uh I would I wouldn't disencourage people from doing it either. It's 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 gratifying as well.
2: Well yeah, I really enjoyed uh thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed the interview. And keep doing what you're doing. It's 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 amazing. You're welcome. As long as I can. As long <laughs> as I can. Thank you so much. Okay then thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the episode and I really hope you enjoyed it you can find all the show notes on the website chasingpassion.ie that is chasingpassion.ie if you're looking to support the podcast in any way I would really appreciate if you could leave a short review on apple podcast and this would literally take about 60 seconds and it will help the podcast grow in so many ways you can find the link to apple podcast in the episode description or just simply search chasing passion on apple podcast and it should pop right up thank you so much for listening to the episode it means the world to me I really appreciate it and yeah, just thank you so much and have a great day.